if you see that a change needs to happen within your healthcare system and want to actively be a part of that change, then you are definitely in the right place. Today is a bit different. I switch seats for change. I had the honor of getting interviewed by HitLab, a global organization for health tech validation and leadership, for their podcast series "Women's Health Tech Wednesday." HitLab believes technology and health can work together to improve the quality of health delivery and healthcare worldwide. They use. Rigorous research and evidence-based methods to identify the best digital health solutions for each of our partners. Healthcare entrepreneurs, are you ready to rewrite the rules for your business so you can have more time off, a great team, and more income? Well. Creating a positive social impact, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provider's Edge. I'm your host Sabrina Rombak. I'm a provider, an international peak performance keynote speaker, and a best-selling author. Let's open the gateway to profitability for you today. My guests. And I help healthcare entrepreneurs and startup founders like you break through barriers so you can control your business, control your life, and control your future. This is your defining moment to be a disruptor in healthcare. And with that, we'd love to bring on our guest today, Sabrina Runbeck, who is the Executive Director of People and Clinical Outcomes at MGR Medical Resource Group. Thank you so much for being here, Sabrina. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, before we jump into the questions, just wanted to let everyone know that we love questions here on Women's Health Tech Wednesdays. So, if you have any for Sabrina during our conversation, please feel free to add them in the chat, and I will make sure that we save some time at the end to get all of your questions answered. And so, with that, Sabrina, I would love if we could just jump in and have you share a little bit more about yourself, your background, and really the journey that led you to MRG Health. Yeah, I appreciate you giving me this space, and we were just chatting a little bit, <laughs> learning about each other right before this. So, I was the only child, only girl in the family. So, well, I grew up in a very traditional Asian family. Everything seems like here, girl. Get good grade, good school, marry us, and have a job. You should be all set. And that was far beyond what the heck that is for me to be someone who feel like that's life. That's how I imagine what success means, what joy means. So I gone through two bachelors, two masters, got into medicine. I'm just so excited. I didn't really want to do anything else but heart and lung surgery. Wow. To start off the conversation, we went back to my roots: neuroscience and public health. And my concentration were on self-efficacy, self-care, and stress management, and how to best diagnose and assess the problems within a community and creating programs to solve that specific concern. It wasn't until later on that I started to train more deeply in different facets of cognitive behavior, performance sciences. And really thinking about leveraging those, 
optimizing our time and using technology and tools to help in all these areas. What we know about high performers, especially when they start pivoting and going down the burnout route, is that they don't want to do less. They actually want to keep working harder, but to be recognized for it. As healthcare leaders and innovators, we work so hard, but when we don't see results, that's when we can feel the most frustrated. And if you find that you are hitting a wall, then it's time to dial back, to think, and to redirect. How do we do this? Technology moves super, super fast. However, on the provider side, we are conservative. We are thinking about our liability. We are thinking about whether it really works for our patients. So, how do we bridge both in the mind to improve patient outcomes and reduce staff workload on the back end? If you like today's episode, please share with your friends and colleagues who are also healthcare leaders. They will appreciate you for thinking of their growth. Have them visit sabrinarombach.com/podcast. Now let's get back to the rest of our exciting show. However, when you pick one of the most challenging subspecialty in medicine, that also means what you have to pay for it in some ways. And how I pay for it was time, and、mm-hmm. I was. Working eighty plus hours per week and being on call just about every day, and to the point I start getting sick a lot. And there was a, one day I scrub into the OR and then just feeling weak, and my hands were inside my patient's open chest, coughing, and the nurses was taking pity on me and passing cough drop and a day call under my mask just so I can keep going. Now、wow. I feel like. Everyone has felt that, right? And not necessarily you're being in the, or in that intense environment, but <laughs>、yeah. we've all done it. Oh, it's okay. I'm get, gonna keep going because if I get someone else to do this thing that I need to do, it's gonna take too long. It's gonna take me too long to even train it. What if they still don't get it? What if they're not up to my standard? I think we all got to the point of we constantly wear all the weight on our shoulder. Now we just keep pushing and pushing. However, we start forgetting what's the aim, what's the result, what truly we are taking this field of healthcare. And because healthcare is so wide, it sometimes can be confusing or get buried into what we wanted to serve.、Mm-hmm. So when I start to pivot more into a role into operational side, how do we make sure I'm not training new grads on、uh, another? Provider, and then they leave us in six months.、Mm-hmm. I'm not training yet another medical assistant, and then they can't even do the most basic skill that I thought is basic to me, but it could be challenging for them.、Mm-hmm. And getting to the role of going back to what I did before medicine was neuroscience and public health, where my concentration were on performance sciences, self-efficacy,、mm-hmm. self-care, and stress management. To think about. Actually, what we know about high performers, especially when they start pivoting and going to the burnout round, is that we don't want to do less. It's not about doing less. It's、yeah. that we work so hard but not being recognized. 
we work so hard, we don't see the result. Or it's taking way too long and we think it should have got us much sooner. And that's when we start to dial back, to think, to redirect. And then I start even training deeper for myself into different ways of cognitive behavior, performance sciences, and really thinking about leveraging those ourselves, mm-hmm. optimize our time, and using technology, using tools to do a lot of things that, that can offload our work. Right. So we can actually have what? Capacity to even think. Yeah. And to have the capacity to think about, oh, wow, now I'm able to do what? Upgrade my own system mm-hmm. to be in the 2020, 2023 model, instead of adding all these apps, right? These Mm to-dos, these obligations, these projects, because we're not matching ourselves to a foundation where we need to be. So Mm. thinking about how are we allowing ourselves in this best position? And that's where led me to become advisor roles for physician groups, for digital technology companies, how do we bridge that, right? It's technology moves super, super fast. Uh, however, the provider side, we're conservative. We are thinking about our liability. We're thinking about, does it really work for our patient? So how do we bridge both and in the mind to improve patient outcome, reduce staff workload, and on the back end, can actually help us to be profitable. Because mm-hmm. if we don't have revenue coming in, we cannot pay our staff. We cannot sustain the business, the organization that everyone works so hard to build together. Wow, that's incredible. And I mean, first off that, your story of just the burnout, I think, like you mentioned, is definitely felt and experienced by all. Um, I did not have my hands in somebody's chest when I was experiencing it, but that definitely rang very true. And I would love if you could share a little bit more. I know that you were mentioning kind of when you were uh, really involved in kind of public health. And I think just in general, um, being so in tune with performance science and just a lot of the self-care and self-discovery, it seems like you also yourself went through kind of the self-discovery in um, pivoting careers or kind of transitioning your career. Would love if you could share a little bit more about that journey for you. Right. I think it was more of, I have the faith that no matter what, I'm 100% responsible for everything that's happening in my life. Mm. I think that it's a hard pill to swallow Mm-hmm. for a lot of us because we work hard. Uh, however, the effort put into it not necessarily means results. Right. I focus so much on performance science, on how do we optimize our team, our executive leadership, and whoever is the CEO sitting up top because it has to be a top-down level. Mm-hmm. And without that, without that, absolute ownership i think that's when we start thinking the system is not working i don't have enough good people i don't have enough resources you'll be surprised how many people talk about the devastation that we are facing with silent resignation and how people are leaving us but what have you done Mm -hmm. to support to show appreciation and that's the majority of my role now is to look into 
how are we doing the best way, right? Yeah, streamlining is one way to make sure your team knows what they need to do. They enjoy the work. And then when you ask them what their roles are, it becomes internal driven, not external motivation. And that's how we can talk better, change our tonality, understand when it comes to devices, digital health, that's a lot of without you, just like us, right? Without mm-hmm. us being able to hold each other's hands, give each other hugs, and actually show much of body language. Right. So there's so much more intangible way to communicate effectively, especially when we're on the phone with patient, when you have that telemedicine, when you have no idea what's happening to them. But nowadays, we have remote biometric devices. We right. can reach out to our patient in a different way. We can even know when they took their medication, when they popped that pill, right? Mm-hmm. And so much movement go into it. And it's about finding the joy on your own path while understand what you did and did not do impacts everything. So I had that moment to say, shoot, like I am here thinking that I don't have enough tea. Why are people leaving? I have to carry extra loads. It's already 7 p.m. I got a new consult I have to see, potentially adding on to another surgery tomorrow. Well, that's just talk myself down. Mm-hmm. Right? Talk, mm-hmm. Making the environment thinking like the environment is controlling me. So right. then when I step back to say, I'm not going to allow that happening anymore. I'm going to see what can I do to even just manage what I can control. Right. Instead of thinking about managing everybody else, that everything else. And that's the dial to start changing and not be afraid to talk about it. I think the recent year, especially with COVID pandemic, people are more open to talk about wellness, efficiency. What does that mean? Because at the end of the day, we're all busy, right? And everyone, if you just greet someone, it's like, hey, how are you doing? Somehow we always yep. end up. I'm, so I'm busy. I'm so busy. Like busyness is a badge of honor. In yeah. that, if busyness equal productivity, right. it's productivity equal efficiency, and if efficiency equals impact. Mm. Now, without the trend of just being busy, you can do a lot of things, but now in the right way, mm-hmm. now in the right thing. That will never get you to the future vision that you imagine. Or you don't have a clear aim. You really don't know where you're going, heading. Therefore, you're doing so many things, just trial. And never really give yourself that affirmative and trusting yourself to say, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to give up and keep going. And that, I believe... Nita, you even mentioned, right, how you work in a team, almost like a startup at sometimes when you're in a small team, people wearing different hats, right? But we have to build in that grit, which is passion and persistence on something that we truly connect with. Yes. And if we keep doing self-reflection, it's no longer aligned. We need to be able to be okay to move forward so we can move on. Yeah. Wow. That was so many just amazing nuggets of wisdom. I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm very inspired like already. So thank you so much for kind of sharing that journey. I think it's so important for people to kind of hear. And I love what you're talking about, about, you know, feeling empowered to have that ownership and accountability over your life and your career. I think that is so important. 
MRG is a technology company with a central focus on better serving our patients by giving them the right services at the right time with the right providers. We aim to be the center hub for our patients. We know that most current medical record systems are not built for patient engagements at all. They are mostly for us providers and nurses to document information and provide billing. Even my own primary care portal is very limited in what the patient is able to access. Our SmartCare 360 app integrates with all EHR and 550 plus biometric devices and has a built-in call center. The concierge level of patient-centered service that SmartCare 360 provides grants the ability to monitor your patients on a close and daily basis, whether it's therapy, vitals, medications, if the patient has a concern, for example, blood pressure start to going up and outside your normal parameters, or any other alert comes in, they have someone who are trained MAs or LVNs to call them, triage the problem, and also contact their family members, as well as correlating a appointment with their designated providers. We are able to spare them from having to go to the ER, which in turn reducing the burden of hospital systems. And some of the things that you were kind of mentioning about your role, would love to kind of double click on, um, would love if you could share a little bit more about kind of the work that you do and really what a typical day in the life is kind of, you know, in this role at MRG. Yeah. So MRG is a, uh, a technology company really focusing on how do we better serve our patients by giving them the right service at the right time with the right providers. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like is being the central hub for your patients. We know medical record systems are not built for patient engagement at all. They're just for us providers and nurses to document information and that have a, a tracking system and somewhat be able to hold record for billing. However, it's very confusing sometimes, even for example, Epic has a patient portal. My own primary care has a, a patient portal, but it's very limited on what you can see. And mm-hmm. it's only mostly, right? You have a perhaps a messaging portal. That's it. You don't really have much of to go on. So this Technology called Smart Care 360 integrates with all EHR, integrates with 250 plus biometric devices, and uh, has built our own technology company where we have a call center. And what happened is we went to local schools to teach medical assistants and LVNs to understand what digital health means, virtual care movement means. And the state really loved what we're doing and gave us grants to match every job we create. They will match a grant for us. So it's being able to both creating more jobs for us in healthcare space. And these concierge level will be able to monitor your patients on a daily basis, whether it's therapy monitoring, medications, and means how well they're doing their neuromuscular exercise, cardiac rehab, uh, physical therapy. 
whether it's around a hospitalization or if it's uh, preventing readmission, it is called transitional care. So that means mm-hmm. you want to make sure the patient before surgery, they're properly educated. They're not last minute canceling on the case. You're holding out the whole OR technically, mm-hmm. right? And then also when they go home, what do they have to do? Who do they need to connect with? Do they have the primary care, their subspecialty appointments? If they have a concern, blood pressure somehow start going up or any other alert comes in, they have mm-hmm. someone to call. Because right. I have experienced that myself where I'm on call over the weekend. Someone show up in the ER, very low blood pressure because they were so dehydrated. You haven't eaten for oh. a couple of days. But the patient's concern was, Thank you so much for seeing me. I've been waiting for the ER for overnight. Barely anybody even gave me food. Mm-hmm. And uh, do I really need to stay here? Well, they just have a huge ER bill, right? And then mm-hmm. this problem could have dealt with if we had a telemedicine system, right, the, yeah. uh, the right way. And if they actually spoke to a cardiology primary care, this would not have happened either. So we're able to do it. As the clinical director, I'm looking into how do we better educate providers and hospital system to understand what is the remote monitoring, chronic disease monitoring, principal disease, remote therapy monitoring, transitional care, and also wellness and preventative care. Mm-hmm. Everything under one platform. So instead of being fragmented, oh, you only deal with COPD, you only deal with CHS, you only deal with diabetes, everything is together. And mm-hmm. because we know hospital system, most of their EHR is different from the outpatient. So that, mm-hmm. again, can have a central hub to send information to all directions. And patients have their own portal. Besides, their caregivers actually have their own portal as well. So as a daughter, I know what my mom is doing, right? Mm-hmm. How well she's taking care of herself. Mm-hmm. And I can see the alert that she's do for her mammogram, have she gone? Has the care concierge made an appointment for her? And then she called her afterwards to see what the experience is like, right? Mm-hmm. That holistic way of taking care of patients that we all want. And now we have both the staff to do it, the technology integration, the devices that's already out there with partner also with all the FDA and devices. And lastly is we're able to build. So of course, as a director of people, I don't optimize the billing part, but I'm part of the person to look at how are people flowing through each stage. Does that make sense for our patients to be engaged this way, to be onboarded? Mm-hmm. How easy is that for them? Would they actually want to have this additional help? And then from a provider standpoint, right? Uh, how easy it for me if I am an organization how much involvement do I have to do? Or it's pretty much just the extension of care. And everything is set up. I get alert when my patient's number is really out of range. So we have a protocol to know what to do for them. Right. And then from a company standpoint, we also wanted to create a career ladder. That's how we keep people, right? And that's how we enjoy what we want to do. And knowing every single little thing that is about better patient care, better engagement, and happy healthcare at the end of the day. Absolutely. I love that. And I really like that you had kind of mentioned this idea of 
you know, not being so, you know, whether that's disease or condition specific, but really kind of seeing the patient or the system so holistically and really making sure that that was kind of the primary focus. Would love if you could share a little bit more, I think, just about telemedicine, virtual care. I think that there is so much amazing activity that's kind of happening in this space. Would love if you could share a little bit more kind of about the trends that you're seeing or, you know, opportunities for us to continue to improve as it relates to, I know you'd mentioned like coordination and navigation. Um, would love your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We are seeing that the government definitely supporting us from adopting this. For the past few years, uh, we are having the value-based pay models and uh, telemedicine reimbursement just went up 41% January of 2022. And therefore, it's about how are we adopting this? Um, at the end of the day, I think that some of the questions that we should all ask us a healthcare organization is, when someone approach you for these solutions from a company, do you have to put in front end money to even adopt them, right? Mm -hmm. And most of us don't have just $10,000 set aside for our patient. So they should be able to cover the front end cost and not also be able to give our patient these devices for free. It means they understand how to bill and collect and not making the patient pay a monthly fee or making us uh provider organizations pay rent the device for the patients. Right. And number two, do they have the staff to not just onboard our patients, but continue to be there for them mm. to triage the care? Because as a provider, I don't care about that one or two data point. I care about the trend. I care about if something happens, they're able to talk to a concierge uh, person to be able to do the triage for me. So I understand how severe that question, that concern is, then properly escalate it back to higher level of providers or specialists so mm -hmm. they can take care of the patient without causing them the default everyone said, or if the emergency goes to the ER. Well, yeah, that's going to be a huge bill for the patient. Severe, I mean, depending on how severe that is, hours away in those urgent care ER. Right. And then on the organization, it's also burden, right? Financial causes. Uh, and then the next thing is, so besides no front-end costs, having the staff to take care of our patients, then it's about how well is their technology integrated with all the platforms and devices. Yeah. One thing, a small physician group that has 2,000 patients versus a large hospitalization with hundreds of thousands of patients. How are you able to manage all this, right? And the last thing is, it's not just about creating these feel-good programs, but how are we collecting and building? Is that ACO model? Is it fee-for-service? Is it value-based? And we know those value-based, you have to be able to audit, right? Have these the digital trail for 12 months at a time. So are you able to provide all the data points properly and take on that burden for the rest of us? And those, I would think, are the crucial questions to ask as we start moving forward. Yeah, I think that all makes a lot of sense. And it really is about, you know, building a proper infrastructure foundation, um, you know, as we are seeing more and more things kind of enter the marketplace, but also continue to scale. So I think those are all, you know, really, really good um, questions and kind of points of consideration as we really think about the virtual care movement.
would love to ask you a little bit more. I mean, when you're not doing all this incredible work, you also have your own podcast, uh, The Provider's Edge. Would love if you could share us, you know, with us a little bit more about the podcast and really, you know, why you uh, felt like this was something that you wanted to create for yourself. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. I started speaking about um, three and a half years ago, um, locally in the hospital, was involved as the primary person leading our department CME conferences. Uh, and then even within a hospital, I started getting uh, invited to even ancillary branches to speak. And then uh, moving to state national uh, and international stages. So as I'm speaking on other people's stage, I can see the value of sharing. I also wanted to have a platform on my own where I can build these amazing relationships, celebrate medicine, um, both from the executive level of healthcare organization. How are you uh, doing it, right? How are you serving your community in that larger level? And then why go up the ladder? I think it is big thing with women. If you think about majority of healthcare are run by women, but how many of us are on the executive level seat, right. right? And I also, when I wrote a book called Asian Women Who Boss Up, uh, even the AAPA, our national organization, invited me to do a panel based on two years ago when there's a huge Asian hate crime towards mm-hmm. even impacting healthcare professionals where they feel unsafe, right? right. They hear these high comments. So it's about bringing up some of the topics that we're all facing but celebrating good work. Both mm-hmm. from, um, I mentioned earlier, it can be a healthcare executive or just a private group, right? You are serving your local community. If things are running great, how are you doing it that's being so successful that your patient loving you um, versus uh, the technology side? How are you uniquely contributing to our healthcare in general and serving the community? So that's, the reason that I started the show about two and a half years ago, we published wow. 120 something episodes and then continue to have a weekly episode coming out on Wednesdays. And I also got invited with the Women Empowerment TV channel. So now I convert that. Some are repurposing to uh, the TV on Apple, Roku and Fire. That's amazing. And we just also put out the link to Sabrina's podcast in the chat. So please check that out. This is amazing. And I love that you really wanted to just have a platform to celebrate wins and to kind of on on a really nice like community basis. I think that is so powerful. And and we really, I think, need to see that and to see, you know, other people's path forward. I think being able to do that just can help inform and inspire our own. So I love that that was, you know, such a big focus for you. Yeah, thank you. And I'm always looking for speakers. So if anyone wanted to uh, share your work, I would love to have a chat with you. Feel free to go to my website, sabrinarunback.com forward slash guest, and then love to find a time to chat. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Sabrina, for taking the time to chat with us today. I mean, I the work that you're doing already is amazing, but just your your personal philosophy behind you know everything that you're doing is so inspiring. I definitely am going to be coming back to this episode and writing down some of the things that you were saying about empowering yourself, being accountable for the things in your life, having grit. I love it. So really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. I appreciate you for having me. 
In today's episode, I discuss my personal story and the importance of digital health and its place in the advancement of better patient care, satisfaction, and outcomes. To recap, number one, lots of people experience burnout, but the percentages are far higher in healthcare. The system might be broken, but in the end, only you own your own journey. You decide what continues to happen. You have 100% ownership of what you decide to do with your life. That is where real changes has a chance to take place. Number two, we live like busyness is a badge of honor. Busyness does not equal productivity. In reality, productivity equals efficiency, and efficiency equals impact. Number three, MRG is a technology company that really focuses on the question, how do we better serve our patients by giving them the right service at the right time with the right providers? And what does that look like? We know a lot of medical record systems are not built for patient engagement at all. They're just for us providers and nurses to document information. You perhaps have a message portal, and that's it. Or a answering call service who doesn't do any triage. Therefore, we cannot provide a comprehensive care if we cannot properly and proactively reach out to our patient and understand their health status. Number four, the Smart Care 360 technology integrates with all EHR, along with 250 plus biometric devices that has a cellular chip in them because Bluetooth and Wi-Fi's are just not reliable. And this also comes with its own call center of qualified medical staff who are able to monitor and triage patients' care. When first releasing it, SmartCare360 went to local schools to teach the medical assistants and LVNs to understand what digital health and virtual care movement means. The state loved what they're doing. The state loved what this program can do so much and supplied with grants to match every job we are able to create. SmartCare 360 also provide a concierge level of service to monitor your patient on a daily basis. Whether it's therapy, it includes this not only have remote patient monitoring on the biometric and physiological side, but also principal disease monitoring, chronic disease monitoring, transitional care, and chronic therapy monitoring. A can do it all. Number five, there are key questions that a practice must ask itself before becoming a part of a virtual care movement. Some examples are do not pay upfront costs opportunity to get grant opportunities? How do you set up your infrastructure to take on and scale and additional staffing that you might need in the virtual care company should really be able to supply for you so you don't have to go through the hiring and maintaining staffing process. Additionally, revenue cycle is a huge thing of how we are not just having a feel-good program, but actually being rewarded for the hard work so you can consistently and sustainably run your social mission and providing the best care for your patients. 
I hope you like today's episode. If you're listening to me right now, odds are you're frustrated by how healthcare businesses are running today. I'm with you. I'm looking to change the conversation that we are having in the healthcare industry. It starts with me, and it starts with you. I want to connect with you and get to know your struggles and success within the healthcare industry. Visit sabrinarombach.com/connect, where you can send me a direct message. She really gets. The conversation. She understands. She's an incredible listener. We were talking about worthiness, and she really understands the concept of it, how it affects people in their businesses, in their clinics, in in their daily life, in their relationships. So I just want to encourage you to one listen to our show, but to jump on board and start listening to this woman because she has so much insight and wisdom that you don't want to miss out. So come to sabrinarombach.com/connect. And let's continue the conversation.